Hello, everyone, and welcome to another You Are Loved webinar about taking care of your mental health as a professional wrestler. This is part six of our professional wrestling series. My name is Aaron Mashbitz. I used to wrestle under the name Jackson Stone, and I transitioned my career and my life into the world of mental health. And now I own and operate a mental health nonprofit called You Are Loved. And one of our biggest missions is to create systems, structures, resources for those in the professional wrestling business, wrestlers, refs, managers, promoters, everyone involved in the business. It's a very intricate and unique business, which means that it needs intricate and unique care specifically for our mental health. And a little bit of housekeeping before we get going. This is the sixth uh, edition of these uh, conversations about taking care of your mental health as a professional wrestler. All of these conversations are on the YouTube channel. And we uh, part one was about anxiety, coping strategies, and crisis management. Part two, we covered depression. Um, part three, Jordan Goodman covered mindfulness and meditation. In part four, um, Solo Darling covered social media and its relationship to your mental health. And our most recent one was part five with Mike Bennett, and he covered what process over outcome means in the professional wrestling world. Again, this is part six, and we will be going over prevention, sustainability models, and proactive mental health care. And as always, I am with my two resident experts, Kyle and Carl. What is really quite unique about these two individuals is that Yes, of course, they are mental health professionals. That's why we have them on the team. But they're also deeply involved in the professional wrestling business. Carl is actively managing, and Kyle is actively wrestling and competing in the ring, both on the road, doing the things, the drives, the work, the training, as well as doing full-time jobs in the mental health world, student, practitioner, all alike. And so they also host two support groups, Kyle hosts one, Carl hosts one, every single month. These support groups are specifically for professional wrestlers to engage, talk, share, and get some tips, tools, advice, insight on their mental health from Kyle and Carl. And those are also free of charge. Um, please reach out to us if you'd like to join those sessions. And we also have a Facebook community for professional wrestlers please reach out to me and I can get you involved in that group as well. So we have sort of a structure here. We do these long form conversations and then we get more deep in the Facebook group and then even more deep on the support groups. So that's my spiel. Uh, <clears throat> thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy this. If you have any comments, questions or concerns um, while you're listening, while you're watching, please let us know. We're more than willing to answer them. If you have topics you would like us to cover, that's another really important note for us as we try to continue to do these every other month. So without further ado, I'll hand it off to Carl and Kyle, and they will go through um, this uh, conversation about prevention and proactive mental health care. Hey, thanks again, Aaron, for having us. Uh, like you said, it's our sixth uh, webinar that we've done. And, and uh, I think this one is a really important uh, topic to cover because it can decide whether this is going to be years or decades as a job, I think. Yeah, and I'm certainly inclined to agree. Um, there's certainly something to be said, especially as professional athletes or people who are seeking to be professional athletes, um, about being proactive, about recognizing signs and symptoms of injury or uh, you know, uh, damage to the overall well-being um, that need to be looked out for. And when those signs are present, they need to be addressed. So I'm, I'm hoping we really get into depth and uh, addressing what that looks like and how people can really start, you know, um, acting and reacting to, to those signs and really start taking care of themselves, not just from a physical perspective, because as we know, at being in professional wrestling, we see these people real quick to find anything and everything to deal with any sort of injury, but less, less, less so when it comes to the mental stuff, we, we find ourselves getting tra entrapped in the grind. Um, so the grind really makes it easy 
to really just kind of bypass or not even see or even outright ignore the issues that we're having even in our own minds. Hence why this this topic is particularly important to me. Um, anyway. Yeah, so prevention, make the hard road easier. This is a tough business as it is. Let's try and make it easier for ourselves by being prepared. Mm-hmm. So quick introduction here. I, I think that everybody knows life-changing events are going to happen. Um, what can we do to mitigate results? We're going to have to take time off. We're going to have to be prepared. Bad things are going to happen. And we should do our best to use the knowledge that we have to build our resilience, to build our supports, uh, <laughs> Like Kyle said, to recognize those signs uh, before they happen. So I used some peer-reviewed articles and evidence-based practices to kind of build upon this presentation. Uh, some things to just start off with, act early and recognize those signs. Don't wait. If you feel that thing is off, start working on it. Doesn't mean that you have to jump into crisis mode, but maybe start to consider, hey, should I make some adjustments before I get to this um, plan? Communicate that plan with the people you need to, and then practice that plan with them. That way they know what it might look like if you need help. Give them examples of a time where you might have needed um, And of course, if anything, uh, don't self-diagnose, don't diagnose others, as you do research and you get into uh, psychology, counseling, therapy, you can tend to get a different perception and start thinking, oh, I have all of this. And we, we want to stay away from that. Uh, it, mm -hmm. it happens. If you have concerns, go get help from a professional. Um, reach out to some folks that, that know what they can uh, help you to find like resources in your community. I think it's very important to know that your community is there. Um, Kyle, anything to add? Um, one thing you had briefly touched on, especially when it came up with uh, the plan communication and practice aspect, the overarching theme is, um, I think it isn't, it, it highlights how important it is to just to have and actively utilize a support system. Um, for support, like support systems for a lot of different people can look a lot of different ways. Uh, the general idea that most people hold about support systems is that it looks like it, it, it's family. Um, that's the first foremost uh, support system that, you know, people generally learn to rely on and learn to utilize. Well, people have different, you know, family situations. Some are good, some are not so good. Um, some people don't necessarily have families in the traditional sense. Um, so a support system can really expand beyond who, your blood relatives. It can be, you know, extended family. It can be um, friends. It can be the people you train with. It can be your, your colleagues. It can be the people that you meet on the road. Um, it really is just kind of about getting yourself out there and really establishing these relationships and these rapport with people and letting them in so when you are struggling you do have somebody to rely on and for you know self-motivated driven people like professional wrestlers that can be an extremely difficult thing to do and even when they are able to rely on these support systems support systems don't necessarily have the answers or they don't necessarily push in the right direction so while it, I, I am presenting a little bit of a double-edged sword in, in, in such a regard that, you know, A, it is important to have these support systems, but B, as Carl also said, it is important to really enlist the help of a professional. Not everything can be DIY'd away, um, especially when it comes to mental health. You're, you're dealing with concepts that a lot of people just simply aren't you know, familiar with or put into practice every single day, and it takes a professional eye, and that can also come from a lot of different sources as well. So, uh, yeah, that's my spiel on that one. 
Thank you for you know highlighting those points. Uh, I think that having that, practicing it, knowing when and to ask for uh, those are those are big. And it, like you said, that it can look a lot of different ways, and it, it depends on what happens. Um, mm. That you're going to have to uh, address and, and approach these different situations. Um, so if we want to move on to the next slide. So I pulled these contributing factors out of a, a paper regarding elite athletes and recognizing uh, mental health issues. Uh, these are really kind of the big ones that, that stand out that can derail or make your career a lot more difficult. If you are a professional, right? If you are trying to elevate yourself where you're making real money in this business to where you're investing in yourself your mental health i think is well if not the most important because without that how can you keep your body together uh, you start making bad choices using substances we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, later but these are the big ones injury obviously that's that's frequent i, I think that everybody works hurt at some point, and as is said often, there's a big difference between being hurt and being injured. Uh, so you have to recognize that in yourself and understand when you need to take breaks, uh, when you need to engage in good self-care. Another big one, failure. Uh, I think we all face that as well. Sometimes you don't get the bookings. Sometimes that promoter doesn't contact you back. Sometimes a match was not good didn't meet the standards. Uh, sometimes you don't get that spot that you wanted on the card. I think that there's a lot of disappointment. Uh, I would almost like consider failure and disappointment to be uh, kind of joined together, right? Um, managing expectations in that. Uh, trying to prevent yourself from putting all your eggs in one basket. And then if you drop it, you got no more eggs. Mm -hmm. Overtraining, obviously, in, in this field, uh, you got to train. You got to get in the ring. You got to get reps. Uh, but don't overdo it. And overtraining can come when you're not taking care of yourself. You're not getting the right amount of sleep, eating the right kind of food, just turning to different things that might not be as healthy. Uh, sport type, whether it's an individual or team. Obviously, this is very much an individual sport in a lot of ways, but it's also a team sport when you're at the shows, when you're trying to get things done. Negative loss. We can guess a few of those deaths, uh, losses, uh, illness, natural disasters, things like that, that you have to, you have to be prepared for as well. Low social support, not having that circle around you, uh, and then sleep impairment. Obviously, if you're not resting, your body's going to break down a whole lot faster. Um, one thing I would certainly like to add is um, avoidance behaviors can really be a contributing fact factor, just an outright refusal to uh, really sort of address some of the issues that you know, or at least have an inkling that you are experiencing. Um, this can be represented in a lot of ways. This can be, you know, um, like I mentioned before, the grind, strictly pouring all your eggs in one basket, as Carl had said, and not focusing on anything else, including yourself, can very much contribute to overhaul detrimental mental health effects. Um, the other element is, and I swear to God, if I lost my train of thought, I'm going to be so mad at myself. Um, the other, like it can be, it can uh, rep be represented in more uh, traditional avoided behaviors, such as drug use, as Carl mentioned before. Um, substance, like people love to decompress in this industry using marijuana. Uh, I love talking about the use of marijuana in, in this industry because it can be fairly polarizing and it can, and, and other, to other people, 
uh, it can be a great alternative to using pain kills and uh, uh, be a, a, certainly a um, a uh, great tool for pain management. However, there are folks who will use this and they will tell themselves that they are just trying to chill or re relax and just kind of, you know, calm down. Sure, maybe uh, your nervous system has been, you know, dulled uh, in a sense to where those feelings aren't felt so severely. And maybe in a way you're so distracted just based on the uh, fact that you're high, but you're not sorting through those issues. And I, and I know that there's some literature coming out about, you know, um, not it, not just, you know, marijuana supported therapy, but uh, psychedelic supported therapy. Um, a lot of people are interpreting the uh, um, the beginning of these new uh, therapeutic approaches as free license to just use those drugs and pretend that they're going to help in and of themselves. Um, so even if you are depressed, even if you do have like great life questions, sitting there and smoking a joint and just simply thinking about it isn't necessarily being proactive in addressing it. Um, and this can be for any sort of mental health issue that you're you're experiencing. Um, simply getting, like even getting your hands on psychedelics or anything like that, actual tools that people are using in therapeutic spaces um, that do have research supported, um, um, re research that supports the backing of the usage of these things in therapeutic spaces. Um, getting your hands on these tools and using them yourselves may is unlikely to yield the answers that you are seeking. It is unyield it is unlikely to, you know, create the changes that you might need to make in order to break these cycles of behavior that are causing you harm in your life. So I mean, I guess the greater message is again, it is beneficial to you to utilize uh, professional resources in really addressing these mental health issues. Um, it's just like wrestling training. Don't try and find any sort of shortcuts because it very rarely works out for anybody. Like, the, for example, the only person I know who really had a fruitful career without being conventionally trained is like Joey Janela. Um, yeah, I, the same goes for any sort of mental health pursuit. It helps to be trained and put these things into practice by actual professionals. So consider utilizing that before uh, it it uh, gets too severe. And I realize I'm going off on these complete tangents, but I, I again, I'm excited by what we're talking about here. Absolutely, I think I think that's an important thing to note because these are trends that we're starting to see out there. Mm -hmm. uh, mental health itself is becoming a big topic. And a lot of people want to talk about and like you noted anybody can talk about whatever but are they trained do they have a background do they have experience mm -hmm. uh, and i think it's important to try to find resources that are back in you know good research like you said otherwise self-medicating can take you down the wrong road mm -hmm. it, I, I think that was really important to note i appreciate it and as much as I'm pushing professionals, it is important to embrace that support system, even if they're not exactly um, competent or trained in dealing with mental health issues. Sometimes you just need a hug. Sometimes you just need somebody to say, I'm sorry, that's happening to you. And sometimes you just need that basic human contact. So yeah, see a professional, but also see the people you love. <laughs> Yes. Maybe you just need to slow it down, brother. Very much so. Yeah, I mean, I would say that there's just there's obviously varying degrees of your your mental health. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's why when you guys initially started, it's like first you have to become you have to notice that you have sort of mental health, right? Um, mental health is right, is how you think, feel, and act. So everyone has mental health who lives and breathes. So, and that comes on a spectrum. Some days I'm feeling great, some days I'm not feeling great. Some days I'm overwhelmed, some days I'm stressed, some days I'm anxious, some days I'm depressed. And you just have to sort of become aware of that feeling, whatever it may be, and then accept it as is, because you can't change it until you move into some sort of action. And depending on the varying degree of that sort of mental health issue in the moment, 
whether I'm feeling quite suicidal, whether I'm just feeling anxious, whether I'm feeling a little overwhelmed, all of those things are different, but you still have to move into some sort of action with all three of those things. But the action looks different for each. One, you may need to call the helpline. One, you may need to go and get some serious professional help. One, you may need a hug. One, you may just need to take a deep breath or go for a cold shower or have a walk, right? All these things are different, but they all add layers to your um, proactive mental health routine or toolkit or whatever word or phrase you want to use to describe that. And so all those things are valid and real and they work. You just have to know sort of what level or stage you're at when it comes to your actual mental health. And it first starts with just like believing that you have mental health and becoming aware of it first. But I think the concept- Yeah, taking an inventory. Oh yeah, go ahead, Carl. Sorry, uh, taking an inventory almost and, and then recognizing if you're having deficits. Because if we're gonna talk about how we figure out a diagnosis is we start looking at where you have deficits in your life, whether that's yeah. social, personal, emotional, uh, professional, uh, and it, it's whether these factors have existed for more than two weeks, if, if you're finding it more difficult over a period of time. So oh, like you said, Aaron, you got to notice these things and take stock uh, and then make a choice based off of those. Exactly. And one, one thing I think we're really starting to touch on here is also kind of the topic of mindfulness. Um, if we want to talk about any sort of like such really contributing factor to mental health for a lot of people, it's just a lack of mindfulness, a lack of like that ability to be introspective, a lack of being able to take stock, take inventory of what's going on in your mind. And again, it goes back to that ever classic uh, uh, subject that I keep talking about, which is the grind. And that's not just completely relegated to professional wrestlers so people just get so focused on going about their day-to-day -day that they can't perceive anything as being anything other than fine um, because they don't know any other perspective they haven't allowed for any other perspective and they haven't allowed to haven't allowed themselves to really start thinking about any other perspective so i think mindfulness and really fostering a sense of that is also just as important Absolutely. I, um, I learned the other day, maybe you guys know this um, one other thing, but go ahead <clears throat> quickly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, uh, mindfulness is from the Buddhist word sati, which means basically sati means to remember the being mode instead of the having mode. And so I thought that was cool because mindfulness, right. is just a particular way of focusing on the present moment. So you're trying to be instead of have. And I thought that was that was pretty cool. Anyways, Carl, go ahead. Uh oh, did we lose him? We might have lost. Oh, oh, there, there he is. Wait, sorry about that. All good. Um, yeah. So, like the history of mindfulness, I, I think is really important or knowing where it comes from so so you can give it some credence mm -hmm. it's not new it's been around for a long time and has helped a lot of people throughout many different civilizations however they want to call it um, but I, I was recalling something that kyle was talking about you know kind of that usage that substance use um i'm looking at low social support and i'm thinking about who are you hanging around who are you listening to uh, are they going to give you good advice or, or are they going to maybe influence you to make alternative choices uh, and, and make sure to, to make your own choices and try not to get wrapped up into other people's. Um, you are who your company is. So just be aware of those things because that can derail a career very quickly too. Very much so. Um, prevention is going to look different throughout your entire career. It, it, it's going to look a lot different uh, when you start out or depending on what age you are, uh, your, your physical abilities, uh, 
what your goals and, and achievements, what you want to do in business. Uh, it's going to change what kind of prevention you have to do. So if you know, you're know you a 70 miler where you just stick in your regular area, your support is going to need to be as broad and, and you know emergent if you have to get home, right? It's a lot different than somebody who might be flying coast to coast and doing big shows, leaving their families for extended durations. Um, point in your career you're at, if you're on the rise and you're starting to see that you're getting more business, you're getting out there more, reevaluate, taking a look at, okay, I have to, I have to get supports now that uh, I might get stuck out somewhere and something happens, who's going to be there to take care of home? nearing the end of a career you have to start to think how am i going to be ready for afters so there's a lot of different considerations for prevention uh, to be ready and aaron and i were talking about this uh, for the session developing that out of sport personality finding somewhere something that gives you purpose beyond just wrestling or your career uh aaron do you want to speak about that a little bit more yeah, I mean, I recently, and by recently, I mean today, I finally changed my social media handles from Jackson Stone to Aaron Mashbitz. And I haven't competed in the ring since March of 2022. And I was very nervous about doing it because of, you know, what am I without the name Jackson Stone? Will all of my followers abandon me? Will people who listen to my podcast leave me? Will people who support You Are Love stop supporting? You know, all of these things and insecurities and worries pop up based on this personality that I developed in professional wrestling. And now not wrestling for a year and sort of developing all of these other things, um, you get to know, I get to know Aaron a little bit and he's, you know, I like him. He's cool, you know? Uh, and I urge people to do that currently because you have days of the week where you're not being the person you need to be in the ring to do the thing you want to do and explore those other hobbies or interests or pursuits. Um, you know, spend quality time with the people that you love, express yourself in that sort of authentic way. And then when need be, be the person you have to be in the ring. I understand that. I understand that persona. I understand that charisma you need I was I pretended to be a movie star for a couple of years and I had zero dollars in my bank account so I get the whole movement but I also understand a transition out of wrestling can be helped by doing some of that work inside of your career and it also puts a little takes a, a bit of pressure off of you while you're performing because you know that your whole identity isn't one thing it's multiple things because your identity is your repeated beingness and so who are you being? You're being the best version of you, whether that's in the ring or out of the ring. And I think it's important to develop those sorts of characteristics, the values you want to live by um, in and out of the ring and working on those things now while you're actively pursuing your dreams. Because no matter what, no matter what level you get to, if you make it to WrestleMania or you, you wrestle for the AEW championship or the Ring of Honor, whatever it is, whatever your dreams or goals are, your career will come to an end. It will come to an end. And what are you left with? Well, you can be left with a ton, a ton of great memories and experiences, but also a ton of great knowledge and wisdom you gained about yourself, your true self along the way. And I think that's quite important to note um, for any wrestler, but especially the young professional wrestler. Just kind of touching on that and sort of fostering that sense of identity outside of wrestling. Um, and I mean this only half jokingly. This industry has to go back to really introducing themselves in the locker room by by your shoot name. Um, that has to be a thing again because I get it. We meet a at least a dozen and a half different people working on different shows and what have you. And some people work more shows and they work more pro promotions and whatnot. But I think it really establishes a human you know, effort, especially with the people you're wrestling. Um, I, I think it is important to know that there is a person who is complex and has different ideas and 
you know, does other shit besides, you know, just being a meatbag, getting thrown around and taking bumps. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 let's just go back to that. Like, let's, I, I get not being able to believe me. I don't remember everybody's name that I meet. Uh, I, I don't, I'm human. Um, but like, at least the people you work in that night, you know, first name, brother, brother, you know, Hey man, how are you? Uh, you know, how are things? So on, so forth. Just that, hey, it's it's important for fostering that brotherhood, but I also think it's an important step in really fostering that sense of, hey, I am a person outside of what I'm doing for this 15 minutes I have in front of this crowd. Um, just to sort of build on what Aaron had been, had been touching on. Let's go back to the good old days, David. <laughs> I, I really like that. And I think that that does good business the profession showing that you're backstage you're not just sitting by yourself you're not taking up that that you know folding chair in the back you're an active part of the show of the event uh you care i think if you show people you care they're more likely to invest in you um if you're just another meat bag and you treat yourself as such that's that's how you're gonna pay um, so I agree. I, I go out of my way to try to talk to as many people as I can at, at mm. events. And, and that includes fans, too, you know. Um, get out there. Don't don't be nervous to connect with people. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up. And I'll even, like, admittedly, I'm not somebody who will go out of my way to try and have a conversation with every single person. Um, I mean, there's there's always a lot going on. There's always people bustling about. And, you know, as you both know, as the show kind of winds down and you get towards the main and you've already gotten your stuff out of the way and you don't really have anything else to focus on except waiting for that real fat envelope. Um, I mean, it, it, it really is just important to establish some sort of connection because one connection begets another. So for like my fellow wallflowers out there, talk to somebody. At least the people you've wrestled, you you've wrestled, you're working with, um, go crack a few jokes, go be a part. But again, don't just sit there, you know, wrestle your match, and just be completely absorbed in what what the promoter thought or, you know, how the crowd received it. You've done the thing, go enjoy best, go enjoy the camaraderie part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the envelopes aren't always fat people don't always have hot dogs and sometimes people don't even have a handshake for you you might as well go enjoy the camaraderie element of this yep absolutely uh so thinking more about the point in a career jackson you talk more about starting early I think that a lot of young people that start out in this business still haven't found themselves, you know? It isn't even until you're about the age 25 that your brain is fully developed. So really you've got some younger folks who are coming in basing their entire personality off of business. Um, and maybe, you know, they kind of work themselves into a shoot. And I think it's better to slow it down Try and be your own person. Don't try to please everybody. Figure out, you know, your boundaries within the business. That I think that's a big part of prevention. Find boundaries to, to let yourself have some slack. Because uh, I know some folks, you know, they believe that you should work. If you're sick, uh, the show must go on. If something terrible happens and it's like or or doesn't happen we can take care of ourselves first Mm -hmm. um and setting boundaries and 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 thinking about well if x y or z happened what i do it's not always fun to think about it's not comfortable but neither is going to the gym either is having drive hours and hours for little pay so here's just something else that's a little uncomfortable but leads to bigger payouts. Absolutely. I mean, 
the the we'll NFL on to the next. The NFL prime example, right? Um, just recently, um, the guy for the Buffalo Bills gets hurt on the field. Mm-hmm. We start to think, what's more important, the game or this living human being that has his life on the line right now? And he is more important. And we chose. Um, and even it, I mean, that's a you know uh, a thing the NFL hasn't thought about, but now they will, and now they can think about the human first before anything else and in independent professional wrestling no one else is going to think about you first except for you sadly enough everyone's looking out for themselves and sometimes you have to because even though it says professional wrestling it's not very professional and so you have to be your own advocate you have to be looking out for yourself you have to think about what is the longevity of my life what's more important my health your health is always most important And you have to sometimes, like Carl said, make those tough decisions even before they happen, contemplating these things, not just saying what if, what if all the time and and working yourself into some sort of deep anxiety about all the bad things that might happen, but just actively sitting down and maybe thinking about how you could have a tough conversation or make a tough choice about something that's really hard and always aiming to put yourself first and your health first, including your mental, your physical, your spiritual, your emotional, whatever the health is. Um, I think that's very important. So, yeah. Uh, the meat and potatoes of this, right? Who are your supports? People that if anything happened to you would want to help. Um, kind of in a, a darker way, you know, in, in my uh, job, sometimes we have to have really hard discussions that up the ante and help people to see the severity that they're facing. And I will use the example of if this person were to die, who would be there saying they wish that they would have done something? How do we enlist them to help now? Um, and it can be hard to accept help and reach out. It's, it's, I think it's probably one of the most difficult things to do is to put yourself out there vulnerable, especially in a business where you got to kind of watch yourself. You have to protect an image, have to build a reputation. And in some, you know, corners of this business, people still believe that it's weak to discuss things like this. Uh, So recognizing who can I reach out to? Who's safe? Um, discerning between who you've got, family, friends, or colleagues. Uh, and it's important to have some of each, I think, because problems happen everywhere. Problems happen at home. Problems happen on the road. Problems happen where it's with your wife, your husband, and you need to talk to someone else. Uh, considering your own privacy, uh, Maintaining your own confidentiality and explaining that and respecting other people's. Uh, And then I I think it'd be important to have a little discussion about social media uh, and what you put out there about yourself, uh, how you seek support on social media in a healthy way, or are you using it uh, in in a way that's more destructive, uh, maybe not destructive, more, you know, less productive towards actually helping yourself. Um, and then being a mutual support, being there for others, being someone else's support can help you uh, to build your own network, showing others that you care. It's, it's the best way to make them care about you. Mm-hmm. Um, an important note about social media, one, for a little self-promotion <laughs> part four what of of these of uh, this series was about social media and in regards to your support system i think who you follow on social media can be an important piece of your social support because if you're following people who are uplifting share positive notes share advice share their own story instead of following other parts of social media that are less conducive to healthy mental health, um, then 
that could deter you in one way or the other or uh, affect your mental health in one way or the other. So who you follow is very important. Consciously curate those feeds as best you can. I know the algorithm will pop some things in out of your control, but the best way to curate a nice timeline where you're seeing the things you want to see, that when you do happen to scroll on social media longer than you may need to, you are seeing some positive, uplifting things that might then encourage you to go and take care of your own mental health, the way that you want to consciously curate your social support system in real life, who you spend time with, just like Carl said, is very important with how you feel comfortable asking for help, how you can be yourself around these people. Uh, and so you want to sort of have that idea uh, with social media um, the best you can, the best you can. The other side of that is also who you block. You mm -hmm. don't know anybody in audience. You don't. You block people every day. Absolutely. It's just like putting a boundary in your real life. Very much so. It's the same idea. If this person keeps draining so your energy and, and bringing you down and tearing you down. And... Okay. Then so be it. This is what I have to do the best I, for me. I think we've all seen this before, especially, you know, in the early days of COVID, it's just so much negativity. Mm -hmm. I think we yeah. all just ate up, up so much of it during that time. Admittedly, yes. <laughs> it was unavoidable. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a real learning experience. I think that I learned a lot about myself. Uh, I think I had to do even more work on myself through seeing this and being like, is this who I am? Is this what I'm going to spend my energy and time doing? Or am I going to focus it? Am I going to find ways that are going to be productive? Um, it took a while. I think I think everybody has a learning curve with it. Important to be patient with yourself. Absolutely. That's, uh, I think patience is a big, big need in this business uh, and in self-care. Be patient with yourself. Try not to let that negative self-talk bombard you. Um, so surrounding yourself with that good feed, with positive feedback, uh, it can help you keep going. Or it can drag you down like an anchor. So it's important. You got you to gotta take care of yourself. If you ignore it, uh, things start to go wrong. And it can be like a domino effect. If, if you start neglecting your mental health and you start realizing that you're not taking care of yourself, you're not sleeping as well, you're worrying, right? Uh, you're using substances more. And it's, it can start to top mental health begets physical health. Right. And vice versa. If, if you don't keep your mind right, body can fall apart really quick. So I think it, it catching it early, stopping that and, and having these preventative measures and, and just working on having this balance of, of work life, you know, sleep, eat, fun, work, life. Those are, those are all separate and uh you know they all play into each other you have to have all of them you have to have work you have to have a purpose right, right. Uh, if you don't if you, if you're not working if you're not having goals and something to do we're human beings we have to be productive uh you have to have a life inside of that 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 life is what you define it uh, whatever you find fun do it don't feel shame in it as long as it's not illegal, immoral, or grossly unsafe. You know, I think that you should take. Um, but impulse control. So not reacting on a whim, not making rash decisions because of your emotional state. Consult with your support before you make choices. Uh, let them be in on the decision making. And again, that substance use. I think that, that it, I think it's destroyed more careers uh, than the physicality. 
in this business. Uh, I think that it can drag them down and, and we can come up with a litany of examples. So don't don't let yourself become part of that. Put down the uh, don't blues, put let down your the story blues. just be another cautionary tale. Very much so. Yeah. I uh I like what you said about the the sleep eat fun work life because when I when I'm talking to people um and it's sort of hard to wrap your brain around everything that you could possibly do for your mental health so you basically decided to do nothing. Um and you can sort of break it down into the smallest possible thing possible into like four things, right? Eat well, move well, sleep well, think well. If you focus on those four things, your life is going to be exceptionally good. Not that you're never going to experience any pain, trauma, heartbreak. You're going to experience all of that. But you sort of have a foundational piece of how you eat, how you move, how you sleep, and how you think, just like you had mentioned with the sleep, eat, fun, work life. So I think that's that's a foundational piece that everyone can build their life up from there and then sort of move some pieces around in regards to what they experience, their circumstances, their specific environment, and things like that. I like that, you know, if looking at that, if, if you're finding that you're stuck, break it down, look at these smaller things and, and just do what you can where you can with what you have. Mm-hmm. Because I, and I think we mentioned this almost every time in these sessions is we believe that people are doing the best that they can. Even if it's not very good, even if it looks like they're struggling, that's the best that they can do right now. Mm -hmm. And it can be good. So try something, do anything, but don't, don't give up. I think is important. Absolutely. Having days where man, Today, I'm just going to feel like shit. That's okay. As long as you don't stay in it. You know, recognize, I'm going to give myself this, and then it's time to do this. Because it, some things are unavoidable. Grief. You're going to have to feel shitty. It, it's inevitable. So figure out how to do that in the best way that you can. Mm-hmm. The healthiest way. One tip I, I kind of offer to people when it's coming to take care of themselves, especially in the de- development of coping skills, um, I always ask them to try and reconnect with things that they really enjoyed or found themselves invested in um, with uh, just throughout their entire lives. Um, I even t- invite them to go back all the way to their childhoods and kind of reinvest themselves into sort of like childhood hobbies, things like that nature. And I'll give an example that I use myself. Because while we've been sitting there and talk, been talking about being uh, proactive and taking care of your mental health, I've built this entire uh, helicopter made of Lego. That's my coping skill. That's my being proactive in dealing with mental health. This is challenging my brain, but it's also really simple and easy to do. And frankly, the most you know, comforting part of doing that for me is just kind of feeling the snap of the bricks together between my fingers. It's finding those simple little joys that you've experienced in your life and reconnecting and reinvesting in them. So, you know, we can make even sillier ones. Some people really enjoyed kickball and playing with in the neighborhood. I tell those people, you know, go find a kickball league in your town or establish one and just get going. But either way, find a direction, find a thread to pull on and get going. The thing that that's most harmful in taking care of yourself is stagnancy and waiting for your waiting for your circumstances to change, as opposed to changing themselves. So even when it comes to establishing little things like coping skills, you already know what you like. You already know what helps you cope. It's just attaching, and really investing yourself into that thing. And because I've done that, I now have you know. Uh, a Lego collection of models and towns that have that are bigger than a six foot table. Because now I've created a whole new set of circumstances and problems for myself. Well, what a wonderful problem to have as opposed to like substance abuse issues or anything else that can really, you know, 
uh, faster from, you know, not doing anything. I, I love that you kind of simplified it down to that, that feeling, that putt. Uh, I, I was trying to figure out where I heard it, but mm -hmm. looking at life almost as like an alien visitor, like, wow, just finding the wonderment in things in life, in the world, yeah. trying to simplify it down. And I, I really, like, I think that's something I want to practice more. Um, I do that a lot when it, when I go out and on like hikes or camping or something like that in nature. I really find that I appreciate the small things. Um, mm -hmm. And I can just absorb energy that way. Uh, for some people, it's creating things. Like I always, I respect like those folks that paint those Warhammer models that are so intricate. Oh, and I'm geez. just, I'm always amazed by the patience that those people have. Um, I got a buddy who does the exact same thing. We've had similar conversations about what what doing Warhammer and just having that little thing that he can invest himself into with, and just just that little repetitive motion, that little intricate detail, the amount of concentration it has, um, just what that does for him. Um, anyway, not to interrupt you, Arrington Carl. Oh, that's that's exactly where I was going. That control. Having control of something and then a product to show for it. Uh, it's, it's like almost like learning your love languages for yourself. Mm. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, that's a, that's a wrap on the, on the PowerPoint itself. <laughs> Do we have any last minute comments, nuggets of wisdom, things we want to leave people with? Anything we feel like we missed? Um, if there's anything I think folks should really take away from this is that um, we we can start going over the various signs and symptoms of all sorts of mental health disorder. But ultimately, it, what it comes down to is you ultimately know you. And as I said uh, a few minutes ago, uh, stagnancy is essentially the enemy of progress. Um, so sitting there waiting for, uh, for your, and hoping that your circumstances will change will not necessarily benefit you. Pick a direction, pick a thread, pull on it and see, and get in touch with yourself and see where those needs really lie. And really don't be afraid of pursuing the actions that you need to take to take care of you. 100%. Beautiful. Carl, anything else? Or is that good? Uh, I, I really, I, I like that. Um, just <laughs> reflecting on the time that we've worked together this past year, I just, I find that it helps me to grow even more. It encourages me to seek out more information. Uh, so I've really enjoyed this. And I look forward to what we get to do uh, mm -hmm. this next year. Yeah. Thank you both. You're brilliant. I appreciate you working with me. And thanks for everyone for, for watching. Again, if you need any more information, all of that is linked in the show notes. You can reach out to any of us directly if you need any other extra assistance or places to go or you didn't weren't sure where to go or you had more questions or whatever it is. All of that stuff is accessible in the show notes via email or DMs or all of that. But thank you for, for watching. Um, if you want to find any more information about You Are Loved, it's at youarelovedlife.com. But most importantly, you are loved. Please take care of yourself and others, and we'll see you guys next time. Cheers. Thank you.